everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. Today, I have the honor of speaking with my Instagram friend, Julie. We have been following each other for a while now, and I just love her story. There are expectations that weren't met, trauma, advocacy, support, and healing all wrapped up into this beautiful story. It's so powerful. So I hope that you are able to sit back, enjoy, and feel empowered as she shares. But before we get into the episode, I do want to share with you something that lights me up and just gets me super excited, and that is speaking with you guys, spending an hour hearing your story, your expectations for birth, your fears, plans, and then coming up with steps and the support to get you there. My goal is to help you match the expectations you have for your birth with the decisions you're making along the way. I'm also here to sit with you and dream with you and be that sister who will listen and not judge, but guide you to your blissful birth. You can reserve your spot now by going to bit.ly slash birth prep session and signing right up there on the site. I can't wait to chat with you. Now let's get in the show. This is a different kind of podcast. I'm a different kind of nurse and a different kind of doula. Hey there, my name is Alan McLean and I wanna welcome you to the Empowered Birth Podcast. My mission here is to encourage you to strive for the best birth experience possible. Knowing full well birth is unpredictable, but also knowing that you are powerful and you are able to make the best decisions for you. You're going to get information you won't hear in your basic childbirth education class, as well as stories of women and birth professionals who are stepping into their power and birthing their way. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your journey from pregnancy to postpartum. This podcast is for the woman who is wanting a natural childbirth, but feeling unsure in her ability to. She doesn't know her options and she's feeling overwhelmed, looking for a guide. Is this you? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hey, Julie, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm super excited to get to talk to you today about your story and just hear your journey on being a mother to two and your birth story. So can you just start out and introduce yourself quickly and we can hop right in? Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm Julie. I am a military spouse living out in Wyoming and I have two babies. I guess they're, they're not really babies anymore. Henry is three and Benjamin is one. And so, yeah, I guess, can you just go into a little bit of your story and talk about your, your home birth or your birth experiences with them? Yeah. So I found out I was pregnant in October, 2016 with my first, we wanted to have a home birth with him from the get go, but we were in a small South Georgia town. There were no home birth midwives. So we ended up going with a practice and saw a, like an OB midwife practice, like 45 minutes north of our town. Um, just cause kind of, we had heard some horror stories about 
the local hospital in our town. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna to Tifton because that was the name of the town that we went to because they had so many better reviews than the one that was local to us. So we, we started seeing a midwife up there, I think around like seven weeks or so, like super early. And then we went, you know, to our normal monthly appointments and then around, around 30 or so weeks, actually, sorry, rewind a little bit around 12 weeks. They kind of scared me with some news of a hemorrhage. Subchorionic. Yeah. Yes. And so like me being first time mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to bleed to death. My baby's going to die. So I'm like freaking out. And so I call my mom and she's like, that's a normal thing. Like if they didn't do ultrasounds every week, they wouldn't even know that that's a thing. And so, cause they typically will resolve themselves. And so mine did of course, and no issues, didn't even bleed at all. So then fast forward to like 32 or so weeks. Um, we'd been having like pretty normal appointments, like the typical standard, like wait an hour to be seen for a five minute appointment. Um, not my favorite, <laughs> not really my cup of tea, but they were fine. They were, they were nice enough. And so around 30, 30 to 32 weeks or so, they did another scan because I had probably like five to six ultrasounds at this point, which was I wasn't high risk, so I really don't know why they were doing so many, but they found that I had a, a cord insertion that was a little bit off to the side, so marginal cord insertion, and of course, like, oh, we're going to have to monitor you every single week from here on out instead of, like, the typical, like, every, like, two weeks or every month visit still until, like, 36 weeks. They wanted to see me every single week until I gave birth. So like 50 minute drive or whatever, there and back every single week to have an ultrasound and then be hooked up to a monitor for an hour. So turning me into like a super high risk case all because of a slight marginal cord insertion. And so I left there feeling terrible. Like I called my mom like bawling because the midwife was like, he could have really low birth weight. Like your cord could detach all these other like terrible things. You don't tell a first time mom. And so I called her, my mom was a midwife's assistant. So she has lots of knowledge. She taught birth classes for over 20 years. So she was like, Julie, that's normal. (laughs) She's like, you need to get out of there. Like they're going to turn you into a high risk case and then schedule your C-section. So I was like, all right, I don't know what to do because there's no home birth midwife. So I like Googled as soon as I got home and I was like home birth midwife near me. So I found one. She just was like just below the border of Georgia. So just right in Florida. And so I was like, I don't know what the licensure situations are here, but I'm going to email her. So I did. And she was super sweet. She was like, I'll meet with you. Just let me know when. And so I met with her and we clicked immediately. And then we, I think it took like maybe a week to convince my husband because he was like, yeah, but the hospital is going to be free. (laughs) I was like, yeah, but they want to like turn me into this high risk case. And I'm not a high risk case at all. Like I've had a healthy pregnancy this whole time. And so he eventually was like, all right, if that's what makes you like the most comfortable, then we'll just do that. 
So we hired her. We had, you know, completely normal visits with her for, I think, starting like 34 weeks and I went to 41 weeks. And then, yeah, so the whole reason I chose a home birth though, because I wanted to choose a home birth from the get-go was because my three younger siblings were born at home. And so that was just like, you know, just what you do. Like babies aren't born in hospitals. They're born, you know, in your mom and dad's bed. (laughs) And so I think that was like, you know, just normal for me was just to have your babies at home. So I didn't have any fear surrounding home birth. I, I never thought anything could ever go wrong. I was, I guess you could really just say naive about preparing and taking birth classes and learning about baby positioning and things like that. And I really did not. And I really should have not saying that those things will 100% prevent, you know, different situations, but they definitely are helpful. So with, with him, my labor started out like super normally. We, we walked and we bounced on the birth ball and just everything was fine. I had no issues. I think I labored at home for probably like early labor and early active labor for probably like 12 or so hours. Then my midwife came, things were going fine. And then I started having really terrible back labor. And so that was kind of like a sign that something was not right as far as baby's position. So I think a few hours after midnight, I started pushing because I was dilated to like a nine and a half And my midwife found that I had a cervical lip. So that also is usually an indication that baby's position is not quite right. And so she, when she checked, she ended up poking him like in the eye because he was flipped. So he was posterior and then he he ended up being asynclitic too, which is why he would not descend down any further. And so the, yeah, the cervical lip would not move. I was in severe amounts of pain, could not get a break between contractions at all. Cause I was like, I, what's this magical break people talk about like in between contractions? Cause I am not getting that. So I think at, I want to say it was like eight or nine the next morning I'd started labor like 11 AM the, the day before I kind of just like wanted to transfer, but didn't want to say it because I was like, my husband is going to be so mad at me. <laughs> for me trying to beg him to do this home birth and we had to pay out of pocket and all these other things. And so I kind of was just like suffering in silence, like hoping someone would just like give me permission to go. And my midwife, like bless her heart. She was like, Julie, if you want to go, like you can. And I was just like, yes, I do. I want to go. And so I think just like someone giving me that permission to go, like made me feel better and made me feel like it's okay. Like you don't have to suffer any longer. So we went in hopes to get an epidural to see if my body would just stop pushing because it was like, you know, it's not really FER, but I guess it's like your body just has that reflex to push. And so that was what was happening with me. And so we were like, okay, we'll just go, we'll get the epidural. I can rest, baby can move and maybe reposition. And then I'll still have a normal vaginal birth. And so we get there and the hospital was awful. And we had already known that (laughs) before, which is why we chose not to go there originally. But 
it was the closest hospital. And so we went, went into the ER, checked in. Um, as soon as we got upstairs, they were just awful. I mean, you would have thought like we did something terrible to them to make them super angry with us. Like we just walked in saying like, Hey, we were a home birth. Like we're transferring in for some pain meds and just the comments and the rude remarks that we got, like, this is why we don't ever recommend a home birth or just the, the doctor was yelling at my mom telling her that me and my son were both going to die if she didn't give us the midwife's records. Um, which we kind of kept under wraps and kind of kept secret just because she was practicing like just above <laughs> state line. And so, yeah. And so we asked for an epidural. They were like, she's too far dilated. We're not giving her an epidural. Um, we'll give her fentanyl. That's all we'll give her. So they gave me fentanyl, which it's not the best. <laughs> it's a hard narcotic and had having, well, Knowing that now, I probably would have just forewent, is that the right word, um, to get that, just because I know that it's a very strong drug, and it really didn't do anything for me. It just made me super loopy, and then I was kind of in and out of consciousness, like, but still in pain. So I got that, and then they, the one good thing they did do is let me continue to try and push him out but they were very forceful or the, not the nurse, but the midwife assaulted me on multiple occasions by sticking her fingers in me and telling me to push, like pushing down really hard on my perineum and like me being like drugged. Like I couldn't even like form words at that point. So I was just like, in my mind, I was like, please stop, please stop. This hurts really bad. And just could not like get the words out. So just dealing with a lot of assault and abuse and just rude, rude comments and remarks from them. And just very, it was just very an uncomfortable experience. So I think at that point, my body was just like shutting down anyway. And, you know, cause when you're giving birth, like you need to be comfortable. And I just wasn't at that point. And I think I want to say a few hours after we got there, my baby started having some D cells and that's when they kind of really started pushing this C-section. Plus it was like end of shift and the doctor wanted to leave. And you can just tell, like, you know, it was pushing four o'clock. So it was, it was her time to go home. So she was like, yeah, there's some details. Like we'll really recommend a C-section cause he's not coming out. And so we decided we'd go ahead and go with a C-section because at that point I'd been pushing for like 13 hours with, barely anything to show for it. And so, yeah, so we did the C-section and just, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking. It was definitely not what I expected at all, you know, thinking that I was going to have like this peaceful home birth and, you know, my baby was going to come up on my chest and I, he, he was going to be like the first, I was going to be the first person he would see and hear. And then it, you're in a bright OR and your baby's yanked out of you and this random doctor who is you know yelling at you 10 seconds before is the first one he gets to see and so I think that that was just super hard for me to like really deal with after the fact just because 
I, I just pictured this like peaceful birth and it was like the complete, the, sorry, the complete opposite of what I'd wanted. And so it was, it was hard to, to heal from that. And it definitely took me a really, really long time to even like come to terms with how my birth ended. So, yeah. Oh man, that's so rough. I'm so sorry those things happened to you because that's where collaborative care is so, so important. And it's lacking in the United States, majorly lacking, even in the States where um, midwifery and the practice of home birth is legal and it's there still the collaborative care is majorly lacking and that causes trauma. It causes poor birth outcomes and you know, you were doing what was best for you and your baby and you got treated like crap. And I'm sorry because nobody deserves that at all. So, um, after that experience, you went on to get pregnant again and choose another home birth. So can you tell me about that experience and when you were kind of processing through your first birth during your pregnancy, what made you want to attempt another home birth? What was it in your heart, in your mind, in your gut? What was it that kind of pushed you into making that decision? I think the main thing for me was I wasn't afraid of birth still. I feel like it's still a normal physiological process. And I felt that one, one bad experience wasn't, you know, that wasn't the end of the world for me. It was, that was just one experience. And so I think just also coupled with the fact that my hospital experience was like a nightmare. I was like, I cannot give birth in a hospital. I just, I know myself, I know my body, I know I'm going to be on edge and I'll end up with another C-section because my body will probably just shut down. And so I, I was worried my husband was going to be not on board because not even necessarily the money, but I feel like the first experience was a little bit traumatic for him too. And so when I did get pregnant, it was kind of unexpected. We weren't really trying because I feel like I still at that point wasn't like a hundred percent healed. I don't think that ever really, you know, fully ever heal from that type of trauma. But I thought that we would probably wait until closer to my first baby was like two or so. Um, but we got pregnant when he was 15 months old, my little deployment, post-deployment baby <laughs> when my husband got home. But he was actually, he was very, very open to home birth again. And I was actually like, where'd you put my husband? You're, you're not my husband. And so he, he was like, yeah, we could talk to Angie again or whatever and, and see what she thinks. And I was like, okay, that'd be awesome. Like, so I, I contacted my old midwife and she was like, absolutely. Like, I'm honored that you would ask me to come to your birth again. And so it was really never even a, a second thought for me to not have a home birth. I'm sure we your didn't. husband too felt the difference from when you were at home versus when you were at the hospital, right? Oh. Do you think that he kind of felt like the, the peace and the family centeredness and just 
the relaxation that happens at home versus the chaos and the abuse and the assault that was happening at the hospital. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think he, he was raised a little bit more, (laughs) I guess mainstream could be the word. He grew up thinking like hospitals is where you give birth. That's normal. So I think it was kind of like different for him, for me to want to have a home birth the first time. But I think after him, like after he saw the abuse and the things that both of us endured, like they were yelling at him. And, you know, I think he just saw how night and day the experiences were. So I think like him knowing that we would be, we're still safe, we're in our own space. We have our son with us, which I think was a big kicker for him that he wouldn't be left at home because a lot of places don't let like toddlers in the room when you're giving birth. And so I think that was a big deal for him to have our son there at, at my birth. So I think that was a big reason that he was on board with having another home birth. Yeah. So I think we ended up going with dual care just so some of our medical like our scans and our blood work and all that stuff would be covered because we're military. So they're kind of weird with insurance, but we wanted to mainly have that stuff covered. So we wouldn't have to pay anything else out of pocket, but even still like with the dual care, you know, we were waiting over an hour <laughs> to be seen. And he was just like, I don't like this at all. So like, he still at that point saw like, he still liked our midwife came to our home. Like, he loved that. And so it was really, it's just night and day, the type of care that you see in an obese office where you wait for two hours to be seen or a midwife who comes to your home and spends time with your family and still you get, you're still receiving the same care. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. Prenatal care is definitely a lot different in those two different models of care. Like you were saying, it's either wait an hour in the waiting room or have your midwife come to your home for an hour and build a relationship with you. That was definitely something that was really important to me. And probably the biggest difference was the relationship building with my first, you know, I saw a doctor for five minutes, maybe four times during my pregnancy, saw her PA every time, every other time. So, you know, when you have a stranger walking into your room or multiple strangers, because you have nurses come in too, your body does shut down. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work with our natural hormones to have strangers come in and out and in and out during your birth process. So that's really neat. Well, can you go into what that second birth experience was like for you? Yeah, definitely. So kind of a funny story, but our kids, they were born on the same day. I even went into labor like the same exact time and everything. (laughs) So it was actually a little bit hard for me because I went into labor the same day. I was having all sorts of flashbacks and feelings and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to transfer again. Like it's like deja vu. And so I was just sitting there on my bed crying (laughs) to my mom and my husband. And they're like, Julie, this is a different baby and this is a different pregnancy. It's not going to be the same. Like, what are the odds your baby position would be the same? (laughs) And so, you know, just speaking my fears out, you know, out loud was something that just really, really 
just empowered me to push through and just be confident. And I think that those things really helped me. I think crying and just releasing all of those feelings was something that really helped me achieve my feedback. I would say 95% of it is mental. <laughs> like, I think those fears and those things, they hold us back and they like put a, I don't even know what the word would be, but they just like make our bodies shut down and they just don't allow you to open essentially for your baby to come out. And so, yeah, so I labored the same day, two years later with my second and my labor couldn't have been more beautiful. It was everything I could have hoped for. Um, you know, I planned for everything. Plus I went to 42 weeks and a day when he was born. So I had all the time in the world to plan all these things. I had my birth pool set up. I had all my plants and my lights and my diffusers going. And it was just very peaceful. And my team that was with me was wonderful. I had my doula with me who was just wonderful. And she knew a lot about my story. I think it's important to tell your birth team if you have any underlying trauma so that they can be with you and just hold space for you in those moments. Like her knowing that I got to nine or 10 centimeters and then couldn't push my baby out in my first birth, her knowing that, you know, gave her the information she needed to hold space for me in those moments when I was starting to push with my second, because that was like when I was really fearful. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's even pictures of, of me during my birth when I started pushing and I was just sobbing because I was like, please don't let him get stuck. (laughs) Please let him come down. And there's a picture of my midwife. You can see her tears visibly too, because she's like, he's coming to like, he's further down than Henry ever was. And so we were all crying. And then, yeah. So, I mean, my labor was beautiful. I just, I had all of my birth affirmations up. My sister painted them for me and everything was like very detailed and just very special. And I actually, all of my affirmations that I had hung were from a group on Facebook called Home Birth Cesarean. And it's a group of moms who planned a home birth or like a birth center birth and then had to transfer and then had a C-section. So I asked my group, I was like, what are some affirmations that I can put out that will make sense and be empowering regardless of how my birth goes? And so they gave me a bunch and they were all beautiful and nothing which I don't think there's anything wrong with affirmations that say like, you know, my body will birth this baby and things like that. But for me personally, I needed something that would still resonate with me and make sense, even if I had a C-section. So things like my birth will go exactly as it should, regardless, you know, of how it ends. And so it was very special to have all of them create affirmations for me because they were empowering to me and very special. But yeah, so I, I labored probably, I want to say my active labor started around, gosh, maybe like 10 or 1130 is when I was really in the zone. And then I was starting to feel pushy around like three. So I want to say like four hours of active labor. 
And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I don't think that I could have done this for another like 30 hours. And so that was just incredible. I was so, so happy that my labor was short. And then I did end up pushing for a really, really long time. So that was a little bit taxing like mentally for me because I was like, he's going to get stuck. He's going to get stuck. And so I was in the birth pool trying to push him out for a while. And then my mom, who's, you know, she was a midwife assistant. She's like, let's get her out, get her out of the birth pool, put her on the squatty potty. So, and I sat on the squatty potty and that's where I pushed him out. So it was a total of like three and a half hours of pushing, um, which is still long, but it was basically like, I was, you know, a first time mom pushing out a baby. So it was, it it took a, it took a little bit. So when he came out, I like, I was in shock. Like I was like, I can't believe I actually pushed a baby out. (laughs) Like I just couldn't picture it. Like it was hard for me to ever picture pushing out a baby because I had gotten to, you know, 10 centimeters before and then had to have my first cut out of me. And so it was surreal, honestly, that feeling of, oh my gosh, like I did it. I can't believe I actually did it. And I, I got to pull him up on my chest and hold him. And I was the first one. And so just such a healing experience. And I think, I don't know how to describe it, but like, I felt like I had healed a good amount up until that point. But I don't know. I think people always say like, oh, you're VBAC. It'll heal you. It'll heal you. And I'm like, there's no way. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. And I was like, there's no way that'll ever happen. Like, there was too much trauma the first time. But it truly, truly did heal parts of me. I never thought that it could. <laughs> which is crazy. Like you never think like one birth will negate like another birth. Like it's not going to just cancel out the trauma or the things you experience, but it's like you, you take back your power from those people who stole it from you the first time. Like my first birth, it really like, it made me feel like less of a woman. And that's me personally. Like, I don't think that of other women who choose C-sections or need a C-section. But for me, it was like, I almost, I almost got to push him out and feel like that power. And I really wanted to feel that like, just the femininity and the, you know, everything that comes with birthing a baby. And I didn't get to. So I felt just me personally, like, I feel like less of a woman. I don't feel like I can do anything. Like I had, you know, a lot of anxiety after my birth because I felt like if I can't birth my baby, like I used to say I can be a mom. Who's to say I can breastfeed. So I think a lot of it, like it took parts of me that I didn't and couldn't get back, I guess, until I had maybe back, which was crazy like it just was that empowering for me to be able to take that power back so I will always 100% tell every woman (laughs) to try for VBAC because it really does it it does something it's hard to describe but it does something to you 
to be able to do that. And I don't even necessarily think it's just be back. I think it's just feeling empowered in your choice and being respected and being with a team that empowers you because for me, that meant VBAC. For someone else, that could mean a repeat C-session with a wonderful OB and, you know, a gentle cesarean, you know, all sorts of things. But yeah, I, I feel like this birth, it truly helped me take back the power that I feel like had been stolen from me the first time. That is beautiful. Yeah. And I totally feel you on that one. Like, so much of what you said has resonated with me and brought back those memories of just feeling like less of a woman. And again, that's, that has nothing to do with your identity or, you know, your power or anything like that. But birth is so important, even like at a cellular level that it really does impact your whole life. And it's redeeming and it's healing and it's powerful. And it's something that should be taken so much more seriously than it is in our culture. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I am curious, you didn't have a doula with your first home birth, correct? I did actually. Oh, you did. Okay. Was it the same doula or what made you decide to hire a doula even for, for a home birth? So I did hire my first doula and she was wonderful. She was going to be with me in the hospital originally. And that was like my main goal was I'm going to be in the hospital. I'm going to need some support. But then when I found out I was having home birth, I'm like, well, at least I'll just keep her with me. Like she's still going to be a wonderful support. She was just had that like vibe, like that good birth vibe that you want at your birth. And, and so she was, but when we transferred, of course, like hospitals have the rules where you can only have like a certain amount of people in the room. So my mom, my sister, and my husband were with me. So she came, but then she was like in the hallway. She's like, I'm, I'm going to go, but if like you need anything, let me know. And so she was there with me when I transferred, which was wonderful. Um, but then she ended up moving because she's a military spouse. So when I um, had my other doula, she was actually in training she needed to get like her three births or whatever it is for donut training. And so she is like, I think she posted on like a mom group and was like, Hey, I need some moms that are having babies so I can attend their births. So I was like, hi, you pick me. <laughs> and so we just, we clicked immediately. She also is just that like beautiful energy that you want around you at your birth. And so even for a home birth, I think doulas are invaluable. Um, she just like read my signals and it's different when it's, you know, it's a woman who's given birth versus like your husband <laughs> who may not know exactly what to do or what you're feeling. So she's there to kind of like guide him to tell him, you know, maybe Julie wants this or whatever. Um, but even, even still, like she was there and she was just, she would just put her hand on my hand and it would just give me strength to keep going. There was one point where I was just like, help me (laughs) help. And everyone just like came swarming in and just like had their hands on me. Mm -hmm. And she was there with her hand on my back. And at one point I was like, can you guys read my affirmations out to me? 
And so they all just like my photographer, my doula, my midwife, my mom, everybody was just reading them out over me. And it was just, it was really beautiful. So yeah, but I, I will always swear by doulas and I will always, always have a doula just because they are, they're truly, truly invaluable to birthers just because even at a home birth, them holding that energy and that space for you while you're birthing is the best. Even if they're not even touching you or near you, them just their presence being there for you is just something I can't describe. It's just beautiful. So I love that. And I love hearing that. It is really special to have another woman in the room too. Like you were saying, just that energy is so important and it's, it's really indescribable until you're in that moment. It's so hard to describe to other women who are like, who haven't experienced what it is like having another woman in the room with them. It truly is beautiful. And I love also when you were talking about telling your birth team about your trauma. I've seen that quite often with women who have had a trauma you know, if they don't acknowledge that it was a trauma (laughs) in the first place, it is a lot harder when they get to the point where the trauma happened. And it's hard if a doula doesn't know or a midwife doesn't know what happened. It's so much harder to serve that woman well in that moment. But that's even the same, like when it comes to sexual trauma. I mean, birth, is a type of sexual trauma you're depending on what happens during your birth it can can qualify as that and so you know if you've had that in the past it's so important to tell your doula because there are things that need to be avoided even words trigger words that need to be avoided to really help you have a a beautiful birth so i love that you brought that up it is truly truly important and it may feel embarrassing or not important but it really is it will it will make a difference even voicing it out loud like you were saying you know just releasing those fears and and those thoughts and emotions that you were having to those people around you so that they can hold that energy and you didn't have to have that internalized anymore so so powerful they don't even i bet they didn't even have to say anything to you for it to be better Right. It was just that release of saying something out loud. It was, it was truly just the release of them knowing and them. I mean, they did, my mom did tell me like, your birth is not going to be the same, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the different pregnancy, different birth experience. So that was helpful, but just them knowing how I felt and me not holding it in for myself to deal with and internalize was probably the most helpful part of my whole VBAC experience. So. Yeah. Oh man. I love it. I love your story and I love that you shared because it's powerful. It's so powerful. Just even hearing how healing an experience can be just no matter how your, how your first birth went or anything like that. It, it is so powerful. So thank you for sharing and coming on. Would you tell my listeners where they can connect with you, learn more? Yeah, so my 
Instagram name is Julie underscore Garmin, G-A-R-M-A-N. Um, and then I'm on Facebook also. My name is Julia Evelyn on Facebook. So yeah, you can find me on both of those social media platforms. Awesome. Well, I'll put those in the show notes in the description below. Um, you have some amazing pictures of your birth experience. So you can hop over there and check those out because again, I think that's so important to share your story and then also pictures are powerful. So I love that you love that you share those because it really does empower other women and just normalize that birth process. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having me, Allie. (laughs) Wasn't that such a beautiful story? Oh my goodness. I love Julie's heart. There's such tenderness and healing that can come from birth. It truly does matter so, so much. If you want to connect with her more, you can find the links to the show notes and her social media in the description. Also, if you would like to share your story or know of a guest you would like to hear on the show, go ahead, send me a message by going to empoweredbirthpodcast.com slash contact. And as always, if this episode was helpful for you, would you leave a review, share with your friends, or tag me on social media at Empowered Birth Podcast. Together, we are building a community of powerful women ready to take back birth. Stay empowered. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited to have you a part of the movement. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook tribe yet, go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Empowered Mamas Tribe. We would love to have you there and a part of our community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast.